Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 66, Dry Land for Swim Lessons. Today we are going to talk about what we're doing in our swim team every day before practice for 15 minutes on land. This is activities that we do on land before swim practice on a regular basis. Now, I found that these are great introductory skills to get ready for the pool and to dive right in before we get into the water. Join me. Let's get started. That's right. Today we are going to be talking about dry land for swim lessons and for swim teams. Uh, more specifically, we're looking at the activities that we've been doing during our dry land training for our beginning groups, developmental one and developmental two on our swim team. Now, I've been giving this some considerable thought on whether or not we should adapt this program into our swim lessons and make it a supplemental activity, uh, but we'll find out. Uh, I'm not entirely certain if this is something that is achievable during swim lessons, but I, I mean, I know it is, but I'm wondering how do you go about scheduling in a 10 minute dry land as a part of a f- swim lesson when the swim lessons cost like $20 for a 45 minute lesson, then you're already buttoned up to an hour and our swim team isn't even that long. So, um, you know, it, 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 the, the, the stuff we do would work well, uh, for your swim lessons. Uh, but it definitely has a significant and effective place in a daily swim team practice for beginners. Now our beginner swim team is essentially level four in our swim lessons. So if you have a level four class, you can run this dry land program, uh, in tandem to that level four class. So, Uh, This is heavily drawn from my conversation with uh, Jeff Grace from excelwithgrace.ca. And you can see our conversation in episode number 64 last year, uh, where we talk about yoga for swimming. And he gave me a lot of really good ideas on how to do yoga with beginning swimmers. And what he really did was provided a framework for games and activities in dry land Uh, which I hadn't quite considered in the past. So I'm going to go into that in depth today. Um, And this also draws on conversations that we had with Dominic Latella from the Swimbox. Uh, That's swimbox.com and his foundation breathing course. So uh, the fundamentals, uh, the foundational breathing method, uh, which is all about how to use your breath effectively as a swimmer to increase your buoyancy and improve your strokes. And there, and we've been adapting that to our beginning swim lessons, uh, our swim program here for the developmental swim group, uh, and it's especially during our dryland portion. So, uh, the foundation breathing course that is available on the swimbox.com uh, has uh, dryland activities that help you with your breath, as well as in water actions and activities for you to do, uh, and we adapt some of that for our five to twelve year olds that are participating in this dry land training. Now, um, we do this every day. Uh, Specifically, what I'm going to be talking about right now, I'm going to be highlighting uh, the activities that we do with our developmental one group. Uh, And I'm doing this because 
Uh, it's more dynamic. It's more game-based. Um, and it may be more relevant for you if you're thinking about implementing a dryland program for your beginning swim groups. Um, that's why the title is for swim lessons, uh, because uh, what we're talking about here, while you can still apply everything to your age group swimmers or your senior swimmers, um, a lot of the goofiness and fun that we do is designed for the 10 and under group, uh, the ages to make it interesting and dynamic. Um, uh, and it's not as heavily weighted towards, um, exercise or, uh, like core building. Um, it's more of an activity to get the participants engaged with me as their coach and giving them instructions, uh, and introducing them to these, uh, specific complicated body positions that we require in swimming. Uh, through fun activities. Uh, so let, let's take a look in this now. Um, we generally spend about 10 to 15 minutes on our dry land every day. Uh, our developmental one group meets four days a week. People have the option to show up as much as they want. Uh, and the practice time at this moment is 30 minutes in the water. So we offer a 15 minute dry land before being in the water section. Uh, in the spring, so by spring, I mean in April, we'll be moving into a 45-minute lesson for the developmental one group, and I believe we'll still do like a 10-minute dry land, but not quite as extensive, uh, just because we have more time in the water. I may bleed into some of that dry, uh, swim time with uh, dry land, but we'll see how that goes, and I'll give you an update as we continue uh, with these weekly podcasts here. Uh, so it's about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, it's every day. Uh, like I said, this is heavily drawn from Jeff Grace and ExcelWithGrace.ca from episode number 64 uh, and Dominic Latella from TheSwimBox.com on episode number 61. Uh, and our general flow is uh, actually our general routine uh, is we have a dance studio right next to our pool. Uh, so it has a bunch of mirrors around it. Uh, and a lot of open space and a lot of light. So there are floor to ceiling mirrors circling this dance studio. Uh, and which was the initial point of starting this dryland was so that we could look at the mirrors and practice streamline and uh, soldier, body position, um, freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke. So we could just like look at ourselves in the mirror, similar to what we would do in the water with the acrylic mirrors that we have on the bottom of the pool. Uh, the idea was we could do it on land as well uh, and further uh, take advantage of these um, the space that we had here. Uh, but if you don't have mirrors, you can still make use of this. It's not a requirement for doing these dry land activities. Um, so our, our that's how we began. So we generally initiate or start our dry land activity using these mirrors. Um, so Right off the bat, uh, I have everybody stand like there's a blue tape on the floor uh, or like uh, if we use like a, a court next to the pool, um, there are lines on the pool. Everybody stands on the line and we go through our flow. Uh, so this is like our general, I mean, I call it our flow because it's what we do regularly every day. Uh, and that is... Um, the cue word to begin for that is lay down on your belly, hands underneath your shoulders. 
So everyone lays down on their belly and I do it with them. Uh, and then hands underneath the shoulders and then we push up into a plank and then we hold it for 10, 15 seconds and then lay down again. And we do that three times. So like in between, we'll take a small rest and I've gotten into the habit of, uh, which they, the kids really enjoy, um, is I say under no circumstance, should you do something? So like at no point under no circumstance, never should you blow out all your snot into a pool underneath your mouth and then inhale it through your other nostril. Um, just so you can, uh, clean out your nose or something. Uh, and they, they love it because it's so outrageously disgusting. And it usually has something to do with like your face and like, yeah, like one of them was under no circumstance, should you, um, like hit your head to knock out your earwax and then spit on it and spin it around until it's like a paste and then put it on your forehead. So it, it's like makeup and everyone's like, ew, that's disgusting. And it is disgusting. So, uh, we do this. I say this because it's funny. Um, and they get a reaction out of it and they really enjoy it. Um, I worry that by giving them these suggestions, they may do it. Uh, but uh, so, I mean, so far, I mean, I, I think it's so ridiculous that it's such that they would never do something like that. And they ask, like, how do you know? How do you know not to do that? Did you do this? And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I did. And it was terrible. <laughs> Don't do it yourself. Or other times I'll say, absolutely not. That's disgusting. There's no reason you should do that. Like, I'm, I'm just giving you a warning. Do not do this. Um, so, so that's kind of just like a, a little playful in between before, like what we're doing while we're waiting to go into the next plank. So hands lay down your belly, hands underneath your shoulders, push up in a plank, we'll hold it. And then on the third round, we'll do a shortened plank and then chaturanga, which is like plank, but with your hands at 90 degrees to your elbows. So it's very difficult to do. Um, so we call it super challenge mode. Um, and some kids are surprisingly good at it. A lot of kids will flare their elbows out to the sides. Uh, so that's why we try to say, keep your elbows close to your body. Um, and that's why we do the hands underneath your shoulders because the elbows naturally come in, uh, from plank, we go up into down dog. Uh, so, uh, stick your butt up in the air, um, get your arms and back straight. And this is more of a stretch and a yoga pose. Uh, specifically. And then we walk our feet forward towards our hands into what we call lazy puppet uh, or forward fold, if you're familiar with the yoga term. And we do, uh, so plank to down dog to forward fold. We call forward fold lazy puppet because um, I was pretty heavily into the descriptive language using using images in your language to talk about complicated skills and body positions. Uh, it's more interesting for kids, but I found that uh, we do it so often. It doesn't really matter what we call it. Um, it, it is probably better to call it by its actual name, uh, which is forward fold, because then when they're encountering it later on in maybe a yoga practice or a lot of schools have yoga in their gym classes now. So by calling it its appropriate yoga name, they're probably more likely to understand what it is versus a lazy puppet. 
Uh, and we said lazy puppet because it's like you're a puppet, but nobody's pulling on your strings. So you're not being used. So you're very lazy. Like you're, you're hanging bent at the waist with your arms low. Uh, from there, we stand up into soldier. So the idea is slowly roll your body from lazy puppet into soldier. Uh, and this is so you can feel the difference. And we used to do this a lot, like 10 times lazy puppet into soldier. Uh, and we used to do this a lot because it gets you in the habit of moving into soldier and our target body position and swimming is like mountain pose for, um, yoga is with your head lifted and extended straight up, uh, your spine lengthened, uh, and your posture set, uh, shoulders back a little bit, hips forward or rotate forward a little, uh, belly in, um, you know, feet nice and straight and long, hands by your side. Uh, and we do this because, um, you know, you want to you wanna feel how you go from a bent over not soldier posture into soldier. And soldier or mountain is our base for streamline and our base for position 11 and our base for freestyle. And, you know, everything else that we do, it all stems from the body posture. So, you know, we initially lock it in, lock into soldier. And anytime we do any like streamline or position 11 poses in our flow, we always say soldier first. So get in that position. And then we do while still doing soldier do your streamline. Uh, so uh, to recap where we're at so far, lay down your belly, hands underneath your shoulders, push up into plank, do that like three rounds. So like they're like push ups, but with a lot of rest in between. Uh, and then chaturanga, usually five to 10 seconds. Down dog, and then we walk our feet forward towards our hands into lazy puppet or forward fold. And then stand up into soldier. And we'll hold soldier for about five to 10 seconds. And then we'll do streamline, uh, review the three things to streamline, lock your thumb, squeeze yours, and look down. But because we're standing, look at yourself. Uh, so again, we're using those mirrors. Uh, so hold streamline. We'll hold it for about 10 seconds and then position 11. Again, we'll hold that for about 10 seconds and then we'll do one freestyle hand, uh, where I push the push directly down in front of my torso and then flare out wide, almost like a butterfly stroke for freestyle. Uh, and that's just so that they can see that the, I'm not looking for like a high elbow recovery right off the bat. It's more about the macro motions. Uh, the body position is what's more important at this stage. Uh, and then we'll do the second arm of freestyle. So they get both arms and then we'll do one stroke of butterfly, which would be, uh, you know, just in front of you. And the language I use for this is really specific and it's extremely effective. Uh, so push your hands straight down in front of you. And then when you get down to your waist, Aim your thumbs forward, so your thumbs should be pointing in the same direction as your belly button. Move up into airplane, keep your thumbs pointing forward, and then clap the back of your hands above your head. So if you were doing that with me or visualizing that, if you're driving, um, the thumbs during the whole butterfly recovery, which is from the hips back to 11 or above your head, the thumbs are always aiming in the same direction as the belly button. And what I found is that this is a very effective way of getting the arms correct and straight 
throughout the butterfly recovery. So if you're in the water, the thumbs are pointing down and you reach and extend and they clap the back of their hands above their head uh, on dry land. In the water, they don't generally do that uh, because the hands naturally rotate as you get into 11 again. So um, lay down your belly, hands underneath your shoulders, push up into plank, chaturanga, down dog, walk into lazy puppet or forward fold, soldier, streamline, position 11, one freestyle, one freestyle, uh, butterfly. And then we end with 11, why eat 11? So that's like a dance pose, all in soldier. Uh, So that's like our general flow, what we do every day, maybe twice within the 10 minute period. Uh, It's the first thing we do. Uh, It kind of sets the stage. Okay, this is what we're doing. And then uh, it'll be the last thing we typically do. Now, inside all of that, uh, like I said, this is not just about doing skill-based work. It's also about fun and doing activities that have some sort of swimming connection or that have some sort of swimming basis. And um, interspersed with the flow that we do, uh, there's a whole range of activities. Uh, Now, if you listen to the 2018 update, episode number 65, uh, you heard a lot about the Trello board and the developmental swim practices uh, that we have on Trello uh, that you can subscribe to. They are $9 a month. Uh, You can, uh, I think there's like something like, we're, we're almost approaching a full year. I think the next two weeks we'll have a year's worth of practices here. So this was started uh, tracking it and since spring of last year. Um, so 2017 spring, and we're in the end of winter of 2018. So there's a full year. There's two seasons of Developmental 2 and two seasons of Developmental 1. But every week, the master skill list has all the activities we do in dryland and in the water on our swim team in it, and it's updated each week. So the most recent week has the most comprehensive list. Inside of it, we have these all these activities that we've been doing in dryland. So, for example, one of them is, and I'm looking at the Trello board right now, the same Trello board that would be available to you for $9 a month. Um, I use it for all of my planning. Um, So I'm I'm referencing it right now. One of the skills or activities or games we do, because if you uh, are aware of swimming lessons ideas, one of the big like, um, I guess our, our mission statement or mantra is fun and effective swimming. So how do you, how do you get your swimmers engaged? And that's all aimed at deliberate practice. So having a fun and effective is how do you capture interest and motivate our swimmers, which are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, uh, some 12 year olds, um, and give them opportunities for deliberate practice. And uh, doing games and fun things during your dry land is aiming at that deliberate practice. So one of these games is find a partner and one person will uh, pull or hold the arms of the other person and they have to flatten the back 
and the head and the arms into position 11 while they're both standing. Uh, so I'll attach a picture to this to the show notes, but effectively you bend at your waist and reach your hands forward and put your head down and your partner lifts your hands up for you because it's really hard to do well and flattens your back. And if you are the person trying to like get flat, uh, if you bend your knees, it's really effective. So it's a game where we kind of like interact and kind of stretch our bodies out into position 11. Uh, we do things like warrior one and warrior two. One of the new things, there's it's actually a game. If you go to uh, swimminglessonsideas.com slash swim dash games, you'll see um, this game on here that's called Streamline Rolls. So two people lay on the floor. So find a partner, lay, uh, lay on the floor feet to feet. So they would lay on their back and they would touch their feet together. And the challenge or the game is to do one complete roll in Streamline or one complete roll in Soldier or Position 11. And the, the feet have to stay connected. They have to communicate, so they have to talk to each other. Which direction are they going to go? When are they going to start? And they have to maintain Streamline while rolling like a log um, at the same time. So it's not very easy. It's actually really hard to do uh, because you can't use your hands of le- as leverage. So you have to use your body weight and your torso and your hips. But you also have this complication that you have to be doing it with somebody else at the same time. So uh, this is a lot of fun. It's a good game. Uh, streamline rolls. Also, we'll intersperse that. Um, this is a game from Jeff Grace that um, I wouldn't say I've stolen it because he gave it freely to us on the episode number 64. But this is the trees and the bees. And when I asked him about us a game, this is what he came up with on the fly. So it was really impressive. And, and the kids love it. So find a partner. One person is the tree. So stand in tree pose. And uh, I had a moment of happiness when I said tree pose. And then immediately I launch into put your foot on your calf or above your knee. Do not put your foot on your knee. And the kids like mock, like they, they didn't mock, but they like said it with me as I was saying it because I say it all the time. So I thought I was pretty proud of that. Uh, so one, one child stands in tree pose and we can do tree pose like with your hands uh, pressed together in front of you. Or so I like doing it in streamline. So they have to hold streamline and tree pose at the same time. And then the other partner, so their partner is the bees, or sometimes we call them like um, airplanes or frogs. And they have to go around the tree twice. If they're bees, they have to buzz. If they're frogs, they have to ribbit and hop. If they're airplanes, they have to crash land, like do a two-time landing around the tree. Sometimes we do like lumberjacks, try to chop down the tree, um, but that tends to lead to rowdiness, so we don't do that as much. Um, But the trees and the bees, that's a good one. Um, Another one that we've done is the crab, uh, what was it? Crab down dog. So one person find, so again, find a partner. One person is in crab pose. And then the other person, uh, your partner has to scuttle underneath you on your belly, like super challenge mode, um, underneath the crab. And then the crab turns over into down dog. And then the person has to go back. 
so it's kind of like a core building and then like a, um, a hand working motion. It's fun. Um, it doesn't really have a direct swimming tie-in, but it's like a like a workout slash core body motion thing. Um, and then it's an interactive thing. So well, I often say, okay, you can choose any partner you want. And then I'll say something like, okay, find a different partner. And we'll do multiples of these games within the 10 minutes so that our participants are meeting other people in the groups and they have, they're forced to interact with them uh, because they can't just be with the same partner over and over again. Uh, we'll do like the wheelbarrow walks. So one person stands with their hands on the floor and the other one holds their feet. Um, another, so I, I want to kind of transition this into away from the games and more because like I said, there's the whole list of them in the Trello board. Uh, so if you look right now, it's year 2018, season winter, week, we're on week 14. Actually, next week will be week 14. So when this podcast is released, it'll be week 15. Um, but I want to move away from the games because you can see them all for $9 a month. I mean, you could get it for one month and then look at everything and end your subscription. That's fine. Uh, but you can see them all there. They're all listed there towards the bottom and they're labeled as dry land. So you can filter it pretty easily and just see the dry land activities. Uh, but you can see them all on there. So I'm not going to go too much more into the games. Um, but I am going to talk about the, uh, I am going to talk about the activities that we do around the foundations of breathing method, which is a course offered by Dominic Latella uh, from the Swimbox. Uh, and uh, this is uh, using your breath to good effect for swimming. And generally, uh, the work that, from my understanding, that he's been doing with this has been primarily focusing on age group swimmers, on triathletes, and adults. Um, we've taken this. Um, I don't work with as many adults or triathletes personally, but we've uh, talked about it with other members of our coaching staff. Um, but we have adapted it into our swim lesson program, specifically our dryland, because a lot of the dryland activities that you can find in the swim box course foundation breathing method um, at, from Dominic Latella, you can find you can uh, use in your dryland program. So uh, we'll do things like um, lay on the floor. And this is like an in-between an activity thing. It's more like instruction following. Uh, so like like our flow, we'll we'll do we'll we'll do similar to like so so a lot of the stuff we do in general is based around this basic formula. Learning activity, learning activity, and then game. So the flow I consider a learning activity. Um, and then we'll do like one of these. So after the flow immediately, I'll say something like lay on your back. So on the ground and take three breaths where you push your back into the ground. Like you're melting, like, like, um, ice cream in the hot sun and you're trying to spread your back against the ground as much as possible. And the goal here is to uh, be in control of your breath and allow your inhales to fill your abdominal cavity. So to fill your abdominal wall using your diaphragm. Um, we'll also say things like, um, 
and then we'll do something else and then we'll come back to it and say, okay, put your hands on your sides and take three breaths where your belly gets really big and your back fills up too. So they'll take three breaths. And when I take my three breaths, it's slower because my lungs are bigger than the kids. So I always have to take two to their three. So we're finishing at the same time. Um, just as a side note. Uh, but uh, we'll also do like the 90-90 pose, which is where you lay on your back, you lift your feet up in the air, and then you bend your knees. So it's like 90 degrees to 90 degrees. Like a, I always say like a Tetris piece, but I realize that I'm getting old now. And my swimmers don't know what a Tetris piece is. Uh, you may know it as like the um, zigzag, like the Z shape piece. Uh, that's how you want your legs. So you lay down on your back, lift your knees directly above your hips, and then bend your knees at a 90 degree angle. So it looks like a, almost like a staircase with your body. And then in that pose, take three breaths where your belly gets big and then your belly gets small. Uh, and then we do things like uh, breathe without moving your belly. So doing lung only breathing. And this is so we can highlight the difference between the two. Uh, and I'm mentioning this because in the foundation breathing method course that you can get from the swimbox.com, uh, you can, uh, one of the core tenets of it is that if you have an engaged core, so if you're squeezing your muscles of your belly, you can only maintain that for like 25 yards, 50 yards at most because you're clenching down on it. But if you control your breath and you hold a little bit of it in your abdomen, so if you hold a little bit of your the, 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 the expansion when you're breathing in your diaphragm that, and you don't fully exhale, you can actually remain more buoyant. You can have a better body line and posture in the water and therefore swimming is easier and more effective because you're flatter on the surface um, the, the benefits are extreme. Uh, and, and I, I, I would encourage you to listen to, um, my podcasts with Dominic Latella from the swim box and this foundation breathing method course, because, uh, we go in depth into what this means and why it's effective and why it's good. Uh, so, uh, we do these small activities, um, so, uh, some other things that we'll do is we'll stand with our backs against a wall and we'll do uh, get as much of your body to press against the wall as possible. And if you ever stood next to a wall, you know that there's that small space in your back that, but you know, between your shoulder blades and your hips that doesn't touch the wall. And that's natural and normal. Uh, so we try to use our breath to get that portion of our body to touch the wall. Another thing, when we have the wall to ceiling mirrors, we can get as close to them as we can. And this is a fun one too. And we take three breaths where you get as close to the wall as you can, but each breath have your belly button like kiss the mirror, which is fun. And then I also added, cause they've been used to this, so they're pretty adept at it. Um, so, you know, progressive incremental steps to always get better and reaching. I added the requirement Breathe in and touch the, the wall with your belly button. And when you exhale, make a heart shape with your nose breath. So I know that like exhaling should probably be done through the mouth, um, but it, it seemed more challenging to use the nose. Um, 
I mean, we can do it with the breath, the, the mouth too. Um, so that was fun. So, I mean, there, this is an opportunity, like I said, learning activity, learning activity, and then game. Uh, so, uh, we do these learning activities like, um, taking, like controlling your breath or being aware of your breath, the 90, 90 pose on the ground. Um, and then we do these games. So another one that we did, uh, game is, uh, we have the exercise balls. So one person holds the exercise ball on the base and the other one goes into plank and does flutter kicks on top of the exercise ball. And I've shared this on the, I think on Instagram, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, you like, you, you put your hands on the ground and your feet on top of the exercise ball, and then you flap your feet like you're kicking freestyle. Now that can be fun. It can be kind of rowdy with the kids. Um, we've done things like put your feet. So we have the tape on the floor. So put your toes on the, on the tape, on the line, and then jump in the air as high as you can and land with your heels on the line. So it's like, it's like squat jumping activity. Um, but getting your feet to land in a specific place. So precision and thoughtful uh, pose. Uh, we'll do things like just simple, like action following, stand on the line, rotate 180 degrees, take three steps to the left, take four steps to the right, stuff like that. Um, like I said, a lot of this is what we do is just rule following and keeping them engaged and dynamic and listening and getting used to paying attention to commands um, and following this general learning activity one, learning activity number two, and then game and just following through that cycle of, of, um, formula until the 10 minutes are up and then we end with our flow. Um, I'm going to wrap this up here. Uh, I think I've gone in quite a bit of detail on a bunch of different activities uh, that we do in our dry land. Um, to recap here, the intent of our dryland program uh, is to provide an opportunity to do swimming specific skills out of the water. And our hope, and I think it works, is to uh, get in the habit of doing them in a non-swimming place so that when we are in the water, we're familiar with them enough that we understand the references so we can shortcut kind of the ex explanation and descriptive time that we may need uh, to effectively communicate with new swimmers. What I mean by that, if I have a new swimmer, a new swimmer show up that does not go to our, our dry land, they don't know what position 11 is, they don't know what streamline is, they don't know what soldier is or body position is, they may have no understanding of these terms. And then during the practice, I have to take time out of my group instruction and one-on-one -on -one feedback to spend a lot of time getting them up to the most basics. If they come to our dry land, so the 10 minutes before practice, 15 minutes before practice, they are exposed to streamline, because we do this every day, streamline, soldier, position 11, 11 Y, eat, and 11, which is our breaststroke arm progression, butterfly arms with the airplane, clap the back of your hands. They're exposed to that right away. So once they, you know, they've seen it already, once we get in the water and we review the three things to streamline, which is the second activity that we do every day after our 100 IM kick, they already have exposure to it. So it's easier for them to pick it up and understand, oh, we're doing streamline. 
Now when the coach is saying streamline underwater and then do position 11 the rest of the way, they already know in their head because they've done it on land what it is I'm referring to. I don't have to spend 10 to 15 seconds saying this is streamline, do it underwater first, and then this is position 11. I can say it and demonstrate it as a course of my normal um, instruction giving and they'll pick up on it. So it's really effective at onboarding new swimmers into your language. Um, It also is very effective, uh, this dry land immediately preceding your practice, to kind of set the tone between not practice time and practice time. So um, getting in the habit of listening to instructions, um, being aware that the coach is talking, you're not, um, socializing, um, having a connection with the coach. So in a setting that's not strictly the swimming pool. Uh, So it gives you more authority as a coach on deck and out of the pool. Uh, So they're more likely to listen to you when you give commands and ask for listening and effort. Uh, And it's fun. Um, It makes swimmers want to show up. So we have a good time with it. Um, I think a lot of that is because it's relatively informal. Um, It's not a do. I mean, we started off as like 10 lazy puppets into soldier, 10 soldiers into streamline. Um, We still do that sometimes, but it's evolved into this more group and partner interaction activities and challenges than it has uh, monotonous repetition, which has a place but not in this number one group. We do that in our second group, Dryland, which is a self-guided, um, it's about, it goes on a four-week cycle. So I write out a practice for Dryland every, for, on a whiteboard, and then they have to follow it every day that they show up to practice on their own. And it takes about six minutes. There's no game or socializing because we don't have the time in between. Um, but that's where we do things like 10 soldiers into lazy puppet or 10 soldiers into streamline, something like that. Um, but for this beginning dry land, it's all about, um, like a swimming specific activity learning, like focus and then, uh, activity learning focus and then a game or activity. All right. So I want to know what you think. Do you do a dryland program for your developmental groups? And if you do, what is it like? What what kind of things do you do? Do you have the same thing every day? How do you come up with new ideas? Um, I rely heavily on um, my standard game format, which is you can find this this formula in my book, How to Create Fun and Effective uh, Swim Games. But it's essentially... You ask the the standard questions. Who are you working with? What skill do you want to accomplish? How do you make that skill more difficult or challenging? Like how do you throw a wrench in it? And then what specific instructions do you give to get your kids to achieve that goal? Uh, And by making that goal or target like more difficult, it makes it fun. So for example, the streamline role game, I want them to get used to doing streamline. Oh, that reminds me of another game find partners. One of you lay on the ground in a crazy pose and then you're like a dummy and your partner has to turn you into a streamline. So they have to hit all the major points like lock thumb, squeezed ears, head straight, arm straight, um, arms over the ears, 
head looking forward, body straight, feet straight. You know, they have to physically manipulate the other person who's like a rag doll into a streamline. Um, so it's like this core skill is streamline. And the challenge is you have a partner that is not in streamline and you have to put them into streamline. Right. So, um, following that formula, uh, so what do you do? You know, what, what is your, your, where do you get your inspiration for doing dry line activities? Do you go online? Do you read a book? Um, do you use the developmental swim practices on Trello that we share for $9 a month? You know, what is your method? Share, um, send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. You can comment in the uh, show notes on the post on our website, swimminglessonsideas.com. Or you can reach out on Twitter or Instagram, both of them at Swimming Ideas. Uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, so share with me and let me know your thoughts on dryland for swim teams and swim lessons and developmental swimmers. Uh, take care. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you listening. And if you're interested in better swim lessons tomorrow, check out our website, swimminglessonsideas.com slash store. Uh, where you can see lesson plans, online database management tools, and like I've been mentioning, these dry developmental swim practices uh, with access to our Trello boards. All right, take care. Good luck. And tomorrow we can teach swimming, better swimming together. Bye.